Hello and welcome to the Off the Wagon Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Howard, here with football guy, football aficionado, gambling aficionado, all of it. My, my dude, Blake Crowley, Bolton Blake. Um, and Blake, uh, let's just say it's it's been almost a little over a week without football. But, you know, we have the AAF, the XFL in a year to kind of warm our hearts in the uh, cold winter. What do we what do we think about this? This this whole episode we're, we're going to be diving deep into the feas- feasibility of these leagues. Um, but what do you, what do you uh, what do you think about kind of like the first week? Yeah, dude. Honestly, this like watching the AAF this week uh, weekend is like the perfect example of how much Americans love football. That uh, I know we're going to dive into it a little bit more later, but the fact that the AAF on Saturday was able to pull in a slightly bigger audience than the Thunder Rockets game, which was honestly one of the best NBA games of the year, with how the Thunder had a comeback, it just shows that like people miss football like no other. So honestly, I was I was here for it. I like you know me. I love football and I love gambling so this kind of this league that's been set up is a perfect kind of mesh between those two and allows me to take my kind of like super bowl hangover and it's honestly it's like the hair of the dog from the super bowl and i'm just stretching it out uh over the next few weeks and hopefully once summer rolls around i'll kind of be off the football kick of course and you know honestly i i i've always been more of a college guy but uh just not having football around it's it's not a fu- it's not a fun time. Just I, it, it gets to the point where c- the combine comes by and you're just excited to see you know dudes running in shorts and you're like okay this is like I, I don't know you get excited for for football just any semblance of it even if they're just running around and lifting you're like okay this is fun but here we have this league this spring league um, that comes around and it's it's football it's not I don't really know if it's great football especially the quarterback play. Uh, seeing Hackenberg not, out not there. Oh God, no, no, not not great football. But you know what? I it just it's it's awesome. Um, and yeah, you talk about that very uh, successful first night. Uh, they had some like a two point one overnight night rating. Do you think that was a bit of a fluke, or do you think that uh, you know that you know this this actually has some staying power here? Uh, I think it's a little bit of a fluke. I know they're probably not in the next coming weeks. They're not going to draw probably anything near that. Uh, as we'll kind of we'll get into in kind of like our first round of things when we talk about the original XFL. The original XFL back in the early 2000s drew, I think, 50, 50 million-ish their first night, which led to about a 10 overnight rating. And so it shows that people are definitely very interested when new sporting events or something new that they've never seen before. That's going to draw a huge crowd to go watch it. I know several of my friends here in Waco, they immediately at 7 o'clock, they're like, hey, we're going to go to like this guy's house and watch this. So people love new and exciting, which I think will help the league through its first year, but I don't think we'll ever see it be like Saturday Night NBA probably ever again. Yeah, of course, and then the other league, the XFL, uh, which I mean, good God, we'll talk about the original one. Some of the best that, that one of the best thirty for thirty is one of the best conversations, uh, really, honestly. Um, the XFL kind of took a little bit of the steam out of the AAF last week when they announced uh, OU's legendary coach Bob Stoops is going to be the GM there. Uh, so, really, I, I want to know like how legitimate this XFL is because I wasn't really hype on it before the Stoops news. Yeah, I see the XFL is the one that's always really shaky with me because, you know, like Vince McMahon being attitude area, attitude era, WWE, making it into a legit corporation that's now has multiple shows on a week and has become kind of its own media company within itself. You know, he knows how to draw people in and he's going to make big splash moves and you know, he's really, which could ultimately into his demise, but he's going to throw out the big bucks to get some of these guys to attract more people to watch because now he's not only competing with the fact that people are watching second rate football, but he's now going to have to compete another against another league that's competing in the exact same field. So I really honestly wasn't surprised that they announced Bob Stoops a day before the, the AAF comes on just to show people that they're like the XFL is still around, even though they're not going to be playing this year. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I kind of think it was a good move on Stoops is in, you don't really do a yeah. lot. There's not a lot of pressure, you know? Yeah. 
and like you see the, the you saw this weekend like Steve Spurrier is out there for Orlando like it's easy like Steve Spurrier is a very old man and he's able to go out there and coach one of these like one of these teams it it doesn't take that much it's just kind of a it's probably a good kickback that kind of gives him something to do while he's in the retirement stage because like Bob Stoops is still a relatively young guy he's not at that point yet where he like he's into the full full retirement like golfing every single day type stage for sure, yeah, and I think he got bored. Uh, you could tell he was doing, you know, kind of some weird stuff like growing a boat goatee and, you know, <laughs> t- tending bar at one point at this place called Maddie McMillan's in Edmond. It was, it was some weird stuff. But um, yeah, let's kind of dive into some of the original history of uh, a couple previous spring leagues, and we'll see if we can see if we can drag some, uh, I don't know, some history out of this. See if these things can actually be, you know, legitimate long term. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, the first the first major one there was there was a WFL, but that didn't really do much. The first major spring league probably was the USFL. It's founded in 1982, uh, died in 80, 86. Uh, just we'll just briefly touch on this because it didn't last long. Um, but you but the thing that the USFL had that I don't think a lot of the other spring leagues is they got they got some star talent. Herschel Walker, Jim yep. Kelly, Steve Young, all, all of them went immediately there. They got they got three straight Heisman Trophy winners there. So what when when you kind of look at the USFL, if you have if if you've seen much of it, what do you really uh what what, what kind of stands out for you as some that was interesting there? Yeah, so my main thing is the USFL takes the Spring League concept to a, like, I think to a different place than what we see with the XFL that comes uh, kind of like two decades later, is that the USFL straight up just wanted to compete with the NFL. They didn't do, uh, as I know of, too many weird, funky rule changes that what what honestly led to their ultimate demise is they wanted to move it right in the fall, right when the NFL was, and compete directly against it. And so you had all these teams going out there like you said getting big name talent but uh the way the like history i read into the way in which they structured the salary cap there is no there's no cap uh, like salary caps on teams teams could spend whatever they want so they were just overextending themselves which ultimately causes caused the league to decline because when you're trying to buy these big name star players and you're just a second rate spring league to the nfl you're not going to bring in enough money in order to pay those contracts. And as we saw, it only lasted about three, two, three years, uh, yeah. right when they tried to move it to the fall to compete with the NFL. Yeah, and the fall thing was just the dumbest thing ever to me. Apparently, uh, apparently the guy who was behind it was actually Donald Trump. <laughs> he, 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 owned, he owned the New York team and was like, he, he just he thought spring was the issue. But really, I think the issue is they they started out way too big. They had teams in markets yeah. they shouldn't have. They had, they, had, they had a team in Tulsa playing at Skelly Stadium at one point. I mean, come on. Like, you're, 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 sell, you're getting like some like 10,000 people there. That's just... They, I think they overextended themselves too quick. Uh, definitely financially as well. And it, it got them in, in, in some deep shit there. And... I don't know. I, I like the idea. They had some innovations. That's where the two point conversion comes from, and uh, as well as instant replay. So that's that's a plus. But you know, it just it 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 moved to the fall, and that was the issue. The the thing is, we need football all year long, and the the whole point of having another league is to have it in spring. You know. Yeah. And I think, and when. Uh, like when you look at it, when sports leagues were founded, even though it's probably due to uh, due to maybe like the less popularity of the sport, but most te- most leagues have to found with way less teams. Like hockey was originally six. I don't know what football was. Basketball they all start little, and it takes years upon years upon years in order to grow. And so by trying to throw in just like a ready made league and trying to and putting that much like financial capital into it. It's it's a recipe for disaster because you have to have enough capital to basically run at a loss for probably several years before you start seeing any growth. Exactly, it's a process. You can't just jump in and have your and have it ready. And you know that's that's one of the things that killed the XFL. And you know, um, I, I think or not the XFL, the USFL. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things that killed the USFL and really, you know, really. I don't know, we hadn't really recovered spring football until now. Um, yeah. But really, let's be honest, the real fun one to talk about is the XFL. Oh, yes. I was, <laughs> oh, my. 
I, everyone, I mean, it was just such a, t- I, I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like it was the best thing ever. I'm all, I, I really wish I was alive for it. I have no idea how it failed in a way, even as ridiculous as it looks, I was all in on that version of it. But, okay, I can tell you some reasons why it, like, straight up failed. Dude, the literally, when they were doing the coin toss, it was a straight up scramble for the ball, and they said in the documentary that so many players were getting injured that nobody wanted to do even, like, the coin toss, like, ball, like, (laughs) or I don't even know what you call it, to die for the ball. It was just players, like, when you football's already a dangerous sport, and when you strip away just the few safety measures that they have, it's there's going to be no players left on the roster by the end of the season. Uh, yeah, well, okay, <laughs> they, they, it was I think it was called like the scramble and the the yes. like this the the first day, the first game the, or the first day someone like tore their ACL on it. it. It made no sense. They they had this whole thing where I love the marketing aspect of it, but they went too literal. Oh my goodness, with it. yes. The the guy the guy getting hit by a by wrecking ball, you know, like, you know, benching a semi, like, I'm all in on that, but you don't have to actually make it that, that tough. I mean, not having a pass interference rule just kills the game. Yeah. And, and like, I think they highlighted, it was just, they, they highlighted the most random things, like making it seem like football was not a tough sport to begin with. Like I know Vince McMahon's all, he was um, football has become like a candy ass sport like it just doesn't it like has become too soft too weak but when you take away things like pass interference and fair catch it just doesn't lead to good quality of play because people are just the cornerbacks and defenders are just draped over you and like the reason why those things happen is so that the ball can move and people love to see offense and without those things there's just absolutely no offense yeah i think people like the idea of smash mouth football but the second you yeah. get the second you get a 9-3 you know it's just an awful like big 10 type of type of game nobody likes that nobody likes watching it but they love it, the idea of it yeah because it's like everybody thinks like if you do these rule changes it'll become like Javadian Clowney, whenever he had that one hit that was like on Sports Center Top Ten for like the entire year, like people's helmets popping off, that people they might like might want to see injuries, but they they think they think of these big hit plays that you see on Twitter and think, oh, that's like exactly what football is going to be like. When in reality, it's just a whole bunch of players getting injured, f- coupled with the fact that nobody can score the football. Exactly. It just it's. It's a good idea in theory, but like football just can't be like that. And honestly, honestly, kind of an air air raid like high energy football, you know, with the defense could be nice. I, I don't know. I it'll be interesting to see how the new one is. But you, can, the thing is, I love the flair. I love I love the nickname jerseys. I love all of the stuff they brought to it. I, I was I was about that. The problem is the product was awful. Yeah. You just, uh, like, the thing, the one thing when watching that documentary that I thought the XFL did really well was it kind of, Vince McMahon highlighted something that the NFL does still horrible to this day is that they don't promote stars very well. They're all, they're all about the front of the jersey, they're all about the team, which is good, and, uh, like, it's good for team chemistry, but the reason why you've seen leagues like the NBA take off over recent years is that, they have like promoted their stars and allowed people to have uh, individual personalities. So it's when you're watching this uh, video, uh, like when you're watching this documentary, like I got obsessed with, he hate me because I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's like, this guy has literally made a brand solely off of the back that he just says this one phrase throughout the entire, <laughs> like entire football game. But it's like, this, it's one of the smartest things ever because it, people actually care about, he hate me because he has some personality, which is just something I still think the NFL lacks. Yeah, for sure, and it's it's something where it's, it, they're trying to bring it back with some of the allowing some celebrations and stuff. But you know, under, under the Goodell era, it's just such a it's such a they they try to go with this upstanding business idea, and nobody wants that. People like fun. People. One of the best things about the NBA is the whole the whole petty wars thing. I'm I'm about it. I am all in on that. I I, I think it's fun. I think it's entertaining. It gets it like it it, give, it gives you like storylines beyond you know just who had you know this many points who had the yards you know it it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant um they might have gone a little too overboard where it sounded a little scripted but yeah 
but you knew, but you knew kind of when things were going to start going down the tube that Vince McMahon was just, he basically became his role in the WWE, which is just trying to script drama as much as possible to hopefully to get fans more engaged with the product, which is just something I think they made very clear. It's something you just don't want in football. Like you don't want the scripted aspect. You kind of like those organic storylines, but I definitely think like, the one good thing that they did and that should come from it is that he he really he found a way to market really horrible players, which I think is honestly a win for him. Exactly. Also, you had uh, oh yeah, what was it? Jeff Brom like got injured, knocked out of like physically knocked out of the game and came back. Like that's awesome. Yes. Oh, like I there was so uh, there. Uh, I'm trying to think what. Uh, Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're good. Um, <laughs> okay, let's let's take a quick look at. Uh, okay, I gotta ask you this: Who had the best XFL name originally? So we have Ooh. we have we have the Birmingham Thunderbolts, the Chicago Enforcers, the New York New Jersey Hitmen, the Orlando Rage, the Las Vegas Outlaws, the uh, Los Angeles Extreme with an X. The Memphis Maniacs with an X, and the San Francisco Demons. Uh, okay, I gotta go with the Hitmen just because they focused on in the documentary. They're like people really thought that it was going to be like like players were allowed to use knives or something like that during this football league. So I just like I love that name just because when the names for, were initially released, people thought that was going to actually be the case, but like in reality, it wasn't. But I do love I do love their use of, their use of X's and Z's to like replace like S's. <laughs> You know, it reminds me of my the, our dear old uh, Oklahoma City Yard Dogs AFL team. May they rest yes. in peace. That that the, the Yard Dogs with a Z. I miss them, and they were spelled D A D A D A W G Z. Like that's that's incredible. I, I love it. Mine has to be the Ma- the Memphis Maniacs. Like that's just what were they thinking? <laughs> no, okay. Not only were did they have the X at the end, but their their logo was just. AX. It just said axe. <laughs> Their colors were teal, maroon, yellow, and black, which is just the grossest. Like, what? What are you doing there? That's awful. And then they're. I, I find it funny that their that their head coach's name was Kippy Brown. That sounds like the most. That's the thing. They have such a like an intense like they have such an intense identity, and then your head coach's first name's Kippy. Kippy. Oh Kippy. my goodness. Yeah. It just. Let's. Come on now, that's 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 pretty rough there. Um, well, while you were going through the team names, it made me think of uh, with the outlaws that kid that they bring on the documentary, or he was a kid at the time that was like uh, he was like I was a Mormon boy and I wasn't able to like watch anything, but like I was so excited that like Las Ve- uh, Las Vegas finally got a professional sports team, and I was like, how in the world if your parents are protecting you from so much that they're gonna let you let you watch the XFL? I was like, how how does this work? And he was the only one that. I felt was super depressed that this league didn't exist. Like, I thought the dude was about to break down in tears when he's like, he's like, but they left. Like, they were only here for a year, and they were so good to us, but they just left. Like, I've never seen so much somebody so depressed about a sports team. I, this I'm, guy with the outlaws. The jerseys weren't there in J.C. Penney's anymore. It's not fair. <laughs> like, that's my poor the the poor guy just really wanted his he hate me jersey. That's all he wanted. It, I I was just cracking up over that because it's this league was for the league wasn't even advertising football at one point. It was just advertising the cheerleaders. So it's like, how in the world are your parents letting you watch this? Yeah, th- these must be the most oblivious Mormons of all time. Like, and I just like I've never I've never just died laughing so hard watching this guy go through like this emotional like having to bring back up those memories and explain the emotions he felt when the outlaws left. It, it's it's an all time moment. Okay, here here's here's uh before we move on to you know some of the new leagues start start talking about that a bit. What would probably be if you had to take one XFL thing and put it in the NFL, like you, let's just say you have commissioner power for a day and get to do that, what would you put in? Mmm, this is hard. 
I, w- I wish it was kind kind of what like Jesse Ventura did and like some of those guys where you have a personality that's not there as a like sportscaster or an analyst on the field kind of getting in the face of the players so that they're going off like the I loved when they did the cutaway kind of with the coaches and stuff and the coaches are obviously serious about playing football and like Jesse Ventura and crew are not and they're just like yelling at the coaches and they're just like obviously egging them on to like give like a bigger reaction and I just like I thought those like kind of cutaway scenes were hilarious Oh yeah, where, where Ventura's like, he doesn't want to talk to me. I, I intimidate him. He, yeah, he's the intimidator. And I'm like, okay, maybe he's just trying to coach. I don't know. It's like, it's one of the most ridiculous scenes to watch, but it's, it's just hilarious. I was like, I would, I would love that. I would love, like, I would love somebody like getting in the face of like Mike Tomlin whenever he makes like a dumb, like dumb decision. And then like Mike Tomlin, like blow up, blow up at the reporter. Like, I think, I think those reporters already treat, treat like people with like soft hands and don't really ask like too hard hitting questions. So I would love to see that kind of element in the NFL. I want the Bubba cam. I want the guy out there with the camera on the field just running around with a weird thing on his head. I want that. (laughs) I just love how they did, like, a ten-minute segment about how they originally had a guy, but that guy was too expensive, and then they found Bubba, and Bubba was gonna do it, and then, like, Bubba realized, he was like, this is stupid, like, I don't want to do this, so they're like, then we just hired just some random, but it's, we're not gonna call it by his name, we're just gonna still call it the Bubba Cam. It's it's a great name. Anytime they can attach Bubba to something, as we know, like, from... You know, listen to part of my take so much. You gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta go with the Bubba. Yeah. I was uh, like, that, that that was pretty clever. <laughs> Even yeah. though it was like basically like Cloverfield style footage that you could barely see because they're just like shaking and moving around too much. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't the best camera angles, but I just, I, you yeah. know what I want? I want a camera on the Bubba cam. Bubba, <laughs> yep. I, I, I want to see him running around. I don't, I don't care about the footage. I just want to see a guy on the field just running around trying to get footage. That's what I really want to see. I, I would love that. I would love that. For sure. Okay, so XFL falls apart after one year because of just... I mean, they, they got desperate late. It just it just wasn't working. Um, and now here we are after after about about two decades, pretty much, of, uh, of no spring football. Here we are. We have, we have AFL here. Or AAF, AAF. my God, AF. We got the XFL next year, so let's let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of these spring leagues. Wait, Uh, can I do? Can I do maybe a little lead-in to kind of the connection between these two leagues and the original XFL? So I, I kind of, I in my research, I kind of cracked the case on this one. So the original XFL was created by Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon, and then so Charlie Ebersol is Dick Ebersol's son. He created, he directed and created the XFL documentary. And so he is now the co-founder and CEO of the AAF, and then Vince McMahon, obviously, the CEO of the new XFL. So they all kind of stem from this documentary, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it it is, and especially because it ends where, like, Vince and Dick Ebersol are like, we should form a new league, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then they just form two different leagues. Yeah, so sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. For oh, that. no, I you're, you're that, fine. I that's just, like, a cool... It's a cool way to show that these leagues, like, although they're different, they're, like, they have some connections. Yeah, they're both stemmed from this from this same kind of failed experiment that, you know, got dug up on a 30 for 30 years later, and people are now interested. And I think, I think there's a clear interest for spring football, because that's yeah. the first thing I always thought of when I, when I saw both of these. I was like... When I saw both of them first, I was like, why aren't we doing this? This needs to be a thing. I'm all about it. And here we go. Now we're here with uh, not just one, but two of them. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's 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 break down some of the pros and cons. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go first for a little bit. The obvious first pro, uh, football. more football is always good. That's just simple simple fact. Just, I... I I, I love football. Seeing more of it makes me happy. Yep, and so, and then I'll go from my angle. You know that I'm obsessed with is the sports gambling aspect. Uh, look, it's it's sports gambling is becoming a bigger and bigger deal after uh, the Supreme Court 
functionally legalized states to allow sports gambling to happen outside of Nevada. So this just presents like an awesome opportunity because sports gambling, I think there's, I, somebody needs to do a study on this, but there's definitely like a direct, uh, direct correlation between people's like willingness to bet on a game and watch the game at the same time. So I think this, uh, this league, these two leagues will capitalize that on that perfectly because like all the major sports books are running, uh, are running these games. People love betting on football. I know for many, uh, college basketball, it's a hard thing to bet on. It's fickle. It sucks. It hurts. It rips your heart out. So going back and just betting on some football, which is a little bit more consistent, not as many bad beats, doesn't give you a heart attack every single time. It's a good thing for the player, a uh, good thing for the gamblers out there that I think many people will like. Without a doubt. I mean, I've, I've been trying to get into college basketball gambling. It always burns me. I don't care how yeah. close you, it seems. It just always burns me. I never, I've never met like a winner of college basketball that somebody's like, yeah, like I'm always like, I'm always winning. It's just, you always get burned. There's always, there's bad, there's probably about a half a dozen bad beats that happen on any given night. So I think people are excited to have something that's just a little bit more consistent. Like sure, there's bad beats in football, but you feel more in control. (laughs) Yeah. You have an idea of what's going on. You don't feel like Vegas is so good at setting these lines where you, you really can't get an edge on them at all. It's, it's. It's crazy, but um, yeah. Okay, so another thing I love I love about it is how this can kind of be a sandbox for for real football, because as, as we noted with some of the you know older you know older leagues that didn't quite work, there were a lot of things that improved them, like the challenge flag, um, you know, instant replay, uh, sky cam in the XFL, for example. Um, I kind of like the sandbox idea, and I, I like how they're kind of handling some of the pace issues with football in this. In the, AA, in the AAF specifically, you know, the two-point conversion rule, you know, fixing some of the, you know, the, the onside rules, shorter play, call, play clock. I'm all about that. Yep. I, like, because as we saw from both of the USFL and then the XFL, they were both, they both, like, these leagues have to do stuff different that attracts people to come watch it, because if you're just putting on the same product as the NFL, nobody's going to come to it. So it forces the NFL to kind of look in the mirror at itself. It's like, oh, like, we see these things are successful. Why don't we, why don't we adapt them? Because I feel like the only changes that ever come to the NFL are implemented during the Pro Bowl, which is when nobody watches, and it's, like, not a good sample size of, like, different innovations that could, like, come out of that. Yeah, and the Pro Bowl not isn't even really like accurate football. It's just yeah. a bunch of guys half-assing it. It, it. It's it's the worst. To, to quote Booger McFarland, this ain't football. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's literally just a whole bunch of guys just wanting it, kind of just doing it as an obligation because it's an honor to go to the Pro Bowl and stuff like that. But it's just it's it's sad football to watch. It's like, you can't, like, at least the NBA All-Star game, like, you can kind of, like, half-ass basketball. Like, you can kind of just dribble around, like, not play as much defense, but you can tell when people aren't playing football, because it just, like, it ain't the same. No, not at all. And, you know, at least basketball, when you're half-assing it, it it's fun. You know, threes are cool, yeah. dunks are cool. Like, that's awesome. I'm, a, I'm about that. Um, but, I, I, I don't know, that, that's one thing I like about the AAF, is they're, they are trying hard. They clearly are. It, yeah, and uh, so one of the other things that's kind of like, I guess, piggyback- piggybacking off of the sandbox idea, kind of being like innovative as a league, is that I, tr- I truly think uh, in, if these leagues are successful, they can kind of turn into a minor league for players that uh, it kind of gives people either the chance to, like players that are falling out of the league, to prolong their career if their career is coming to an end and they still want to play football but are just not able to play actively on an NFL roster. But then it also gives kind of the more problematic guys that you see have issues in the league, gives them a chance to come back. And then it also just gives just those random people that maybe it's the D2 or the D3 stars that won't get as many looks in the NFL draft. People don't know about them, but if they go lights out, out, they can make an NFL roster, and you saw that with the USFL. Uh, I, I know didn't Jim, Jim Kelly played in it, right? Steve Young, like those guys, 
obviously really good in the NFL. And then also in the XFL, uh, they had Maddox. They had He Hate Me actually played on the Panthers, I think, for a bit. So there there is potential for these leagues to become just kind of like a minor league system that you we may see the stars from these league leagues actually make NFL rosters, which I think is like a cool kind of like a cool storyline for these players. What I really like, though, is I'm a big fan of the regional football connections, how each team kind of has players from, you know, its end. You got uh, a ton of TCU guys on the San Antonio team, a bunch of Texas, a couple of you guys in there. I, I, you know, and then on the Alabama teams, they got, you know, all the washed out Alabama players, Blake Sims and Chris Davis, the Auburn guy who ran back the kick six. I'm a fan of that. I think that'll bring a lot of people out. I, I think so, too, because that was one of the main reasons why I started watching on Saturday night, just because I was like, one of my roommates from TCU sent me, they're like, oh, John DeArce just cut a pass. I'm like, wait, John DeArce is playing football? <laughs> like, there's, like, I can't believe that they still let that guy play. But it's like, it's really cool because you'll get to see, I think especially for the TCU, the Baylors, kind of some of the smaller, like, Big 12 schools and maybe some of the small, smaller schools around the nation that when your players aren't the most highly drafted or it's hard to stay in the league, but they're still, like, very good players from like your respective squads it's like i still get an opportunity to like see what they're up to and actually still watch them play football so i think the aaf i don't know if the xfl will necessarily do this but i think the aaf did a really good job at trying to basically centralize all the players to their respective teams so that you kind of you get a fan base that is geographically located around those areas yeah for sure i'm i'm a fan and you know i I don't think we'll probably ever get an Oklahoma team because I don't know where they would play, but if we ever did, I'd be all in on that. I think that would be a good fit. Uh, oh, that would. All be right, so, yeah. So let's pivot into cons a bit. Blake, you go first here. Um, I mean, there are plenty, plenty of them, really. What, what's your first big con with uh, these spring football te- uh, leagues? So this one might piggyback on one of the other ones, and I think one of the big themes that we're going to talk about, but. First, I don't like how there's going to be two different competing spring leagues, and I think this for several reasons, just because I think the player uh, player pool already is so small that when you introduce two leagues, it's going to split that, and you're probably going to get bad quality football on both sides instead of kind of combining those resources to make one good solid spring league. So I'm really scared about next year when the XFL comes in, what the quality of product is going to look like on both sides, because as we saw this past week there you can tell these guys aren't on nfl rosters the quarterback play wasn't so good the defense stuff is all right but it's easier to mask that than trying to run spread offenses and just like overthrowing guys by 10 yards and stuff like that so i definitely think that in order to be viable both of these leagues they're gonna have to overcome the fact that this already small player pool is about to get split in half again yeah i'm I don't know. I I my biggest thing I think has to be the player pool because yeah. it's just that's it, it's going to be rough. I mean, we we've yeah. we've I mean, yeah, Trevor Knight can't even get on the field. Like that's that's pretty bad right there. Um but I don't know. I as, as I I love the bad quarterback play in a way because it's funny. I'm excited to see yeah. uh, future AAF uh MVP Alex Hornibrook out there eventually whenever he comes out there. Let's be real. That's yes. gonna happen in a couple. Oh no, it's probably gonna happen three next years. year. Next year. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm pumped. I'm all in on 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 watching Horny Brooklyn the like Arizona Hot Shots or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think that's two or too many. Uh, three technically, I guess if you count the weird Ricky Williams uh one where you can buy a team. No, no gosh, that there's no way they even get. Uh, uh, players to fill all like any roster like i don't think anybody's gonna join that no they're not gonna gonna they're they're gonna get a whole bunch of high school guys that didn't even make like college teams and like try to do something i don't even think that they'll i honestly don't even think they're gonna end up playing like a game i that 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 is not gonna get off the ground at all Oh, no, there's no way. Like, those those guys, they don't really have, like, I'm not making assumptions about T.O. or anything, but knowing T.O., what he was like on the field, I can't imagine him being a business genius. So no. I just, I can't imagine this taking off, especially in such a crowded, like, uh, which will be next year, a super crowded space. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. And honestly, I kind of wish they would have just met in the middle somewhere and had, you know this Ebersol League and Vince McMahon's thing. Just just bring it together. 
yeah. merger. We need a merger because honestly, I think both are going to be legit. You don't sign on Bob Stoops if you're going to have up, up, you know, upskirt shots and all this stuff. Like, it's going to be a legitimate operation. Um, yeah. So I, and, I, I, yeah, they need to merge. That that would be nice, and I think that if we see a situation in the next few years where both of them, like, there's they'll if they could see that there's obviously audiences that are watching both, but they're like separate, they're struggling. They can, I think, and I hope that they realize a merger would be viable. And the good thing is, like I said, it's like the Eversols are um, doing the AAF, and obviously Vince McMahon is doing the XFL. So it's like there's a relationship there already that if it came time that they're like, look, one league can ultimately survive. Like they have that prior relationship there that I think merger would be a very feasible thing. And honestly, like – it, they could have honestly planned this that they get these two leagues kind of like started out and then like they don't both of them are not doing so hot and then they just make this one like awesome mega league that has like 16 teams in it and it like that basically becomes divisions and that's just storylines on storylines right there so i could easily see this being like kind of like a little conspiracy thing i could see that i i, I could see that being being a bit of a this is like a planned thing you might have like a year or two of AAF versus XFL which one's better and then they merge and you know maybe maybe at the end of a season you know they're like oh we need to play a game basically just like a like a shortened version of how the a, uh, AFL and NFL merged yeah. but I don't know it's going to be interesting uh I I think that they'll always have an issue of being the secondary league to the NFL that kind of limits their ceiling and Honestly, I don't think people have a huge interest for minor league teams in yeah. some of the markets they're playing. Uh, I think they probably need to start going down a few markets. Uh, I think idea. I think going with places like Birmingham, that's the move. I thought that was genius. Yeah, oh, I thought the AAF, and we can go into the specifics of kind of which leagues we like better and kind of the strategies that we're using, but the AAF is winning big in that sense that I think tapping kind of those football markets that people love, like people in the South love football, stocking those teams with players that they know and love from college, and like in places that don't have professional sports teams, it's like those are going to be the those are going to be the teams that people are most excited about. It's like people in Birmingham are going to love it, Memphis, uh, San Antonio, where you necessarily Salt Lake, where you necessarily don't have uh, too many like sports franchises that are crowding the market. Like fans are going to love that. We saw with like Oklahoma City when they brought the energy in. It's like people love like when you go to those games. Like there's plenty. Like although it's not like a huge huge crowd it like it fills it fills the stadium that they have and like people are having a good time so i think like when you're looking at minor leagues you should look at those type of markets rather than going to the big cities that have all four major sports franchises plus the fact that like nobody like nobody in dallas is going to care about dallas uh, dallas xfl like after the cowboys just got done playing like that's just not going to be a thing Exactly. Like nobody, they, there's just not going to be that energy there, especially in, yeah. especially in towns like Houston where they already, they already barely care about their sports whenever, you know, they're not winning world series or, you know, in Super Bowl contention. So like, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, th I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I think the XFL is probably at, at a bigger disadvantage here, uh, yeah. with some of their, with some of their market choices, but yeah, we, we, we let's uh, let's kind of talk. Let's let's cut down to it right now. AAF or XFL? Which one do you prefer? Uh, so I right now, and this might just be recency bias, just seeing it, but I kind of like the AAF's business plan just slightly more than the XFL, and I think that just because of the fact that they're in these untapped markets where. There is kind of some football tradition there, but not necessarily professional sports teams. And I think the first mover advantage is an awesome advantage for the AAF because this is like researching the league. This is what they've done. So all the players in their league have signed three-year $250,000 contracts, which means they're locked up uh, – even so this year next year when the xfl starts and then a year after so they already kind of have the first mover on the player market that is already out there and i think with what is out there it's like the aaf probably got the best that they that they can get like they got 
uh, Trent Richardson, they got Trevor Knight, they got some of those kind of, I guess, bigger names out there, uh, and can market those players, but the only thing, like, the only thing that makes me hesitant about going straight up that the AAF is in the best position right now is just the fact that Vince McMahon's on the other side. He has, he's the only one in this operation that truly has experience on running a secondary football league, and, like, although people think it's like, oh, Vince McMahon is kind of like this over, uh, bigger than life character that's just kind of like a, he's like a, like, he just loves drama, he loves to create controversy. Yes, that's true, but he's also a super smart businessman. Like, he's created uh, the WWE, although like people like our age might not think it's as big of a deal like wwe stock is hitting like all-time highs right now and he knows how to run productions so it just makes me hesitant that he's on the other side that you know he's going to make some splash moves over the next year or two to try to get uh kind of the advantage that aaf has had being the first mover in the market he's going to try to find some ways to level the playing field once again yeah and i think going back to in my mind, the biggest evidence that this XFL, you can't count it out yet. Look what he did with Stoops. I, that is one of the, I, I did not have any, I honestly didn't think the XFL would have started playing because I thought the AAF would get momentum. And if it, and not only that, but if it got momentum, then by the time the XF, if it didn't get momentum, by the time the XFL showed up, no one would care. They'd be out on spring football again. But, this Stoops thing changes everything to me. I think that gives them a lot of clout. I think it gives them a a brilliant sign of like, hey, this is going to be legitimate. We got a great coach who could still probably coach today. I don't. I, I don't think. I think if he was out there looking for NFL jobs, I don't see a. I don't see an NFL team with a vacancy turning him down. Oh yeah, you you would take Bob Stoops in a heartbeat. Yeah. He's so exactly... this is. <laughs> He's exactly He's... what NFL like like NFL teams want. Exactly. Like, they've been pining up after him for years, and the XFL gets him. That, that's huge. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I think AF, AF getting first to market on this is, you know, that's, that's a huge advantage. But also, Vince has a year to watch and see, you know, he, he, has, he has basically a year of free market research. He gets yep. to watch the AF do whatever, and he has a full year to design and counter... Um, you know, things that pop up with them, and I don't know, he has a year to perfect this, where, you know, originally he just kind of, like, when he announced it, he was like, yeah, we'll start in a year, we don't have team names or locations, but yeah, we're good. Um, like you said, he has he has experience, he has um, a failure on his hands where he knows that it could have been a success, I think, to some degree. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, I, I, I agree, don't count him out. Uh, and I and I think this is kind of playing to his advantage, too, that the fact that the AAF came out and put on, I would say, like a very conservative production. They didn't take too many risks with what they were trying to do. They did it on familiar platforms like CBS, uh, NFL Network, CBS Sports Network. They just gave a very – when you just looked at the game, it just looked like a familiar – college football NFL game it just had that kind of style which I don't think I I don't think Vince McMahon is going to settle for that which I think can can benefit him because if he's able to look at it and he's like okay this is like some things that obviously the AAF are doing right when it comes to the production but we can add these few little tweaks I think that could really help him yeah and honestly I know he's he's been saying how he's gonna kind of this new XFL would get away from kind of the older vibe, wouldn't have the flair. I would lean into it. I would totally I would, lean would... into it a little bit. Not don't don't go full McMahon, but go just lean into it a little bit. I think I think there's some lessons to be learned from the XFL in the fact that it could be exciting. It just just don't make it a complete bastardization of the game, you know. Yeah, because I could easily see it. It's like I like I've been telling my friends. It's like if Fire Festival were to come back like this next year, like people would totally sign up for it again. It's like they people love and have kind of like memorialized these failures in like U.S. history and like want to be like want to tag on to the next one. So if you kind of like use elements that like caused it to become such like a cultural phenomenon, like obviously like it was really bad, like that the XFL like failed and lost hundreds of millions of dollars. Like that's not good, but like people obviously liked it and it is like had a staying power within history that people like continue to talk about it. So I 
I definitely think if you bring some of those small elements uh, to it that, like, kind of made people, like, kind of make people just, like, whenever they hear the XFL grin a little bit, like, I definitely think that will work to their advantage. Yeah, I think people definitely fall in love with potential a lot. And the XFL had a ton of potential. And I think a lot of people watched that documentary and saw what happened and thought, you know, this could have worked out if things were to, if, if, uh, if this was tweaked or if this was tweaked. So it's going to be interesting to see what he could do in hindsight. I kind of think he's, he's going too far towards the conservative needle, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. So with that being said, who's your, who is your, I guess, go-to AAF team? I think I know, but I'm just, just got to ask just in case. Yep, I'm a San Antonio guy. I like, even though it's just like in a city that, if in any other city, whether it be Austin, Houston, DFW, I'd be cheering for the, like, would be gung ho about that team. The only reason why I'm on San Antonio is just because of the TCU aspect. It's like all of Aaron Green, John Drs. I think Cole Hunt's on there. Like, we have several guys on the offensive end. Oh, and then also, I think Nick Orr, who was one of our really crappy safeties back in the day, is like on there. So, I'll be, I'll be a commander's guy. So, that's, I, hey, that's fair. I just, I can't get over San Antonio. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like them for the Spurs yeah. thing. So, I, I need to find a team. I, I, I like Zach Sanchez, you know, all right. I like Jordan Thomas, all right. But you know what? I, I don't know. I, w- I want to do something different. So I think right now what I'm going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a team right now. I'm putting all of the team names into a randomizer, and that's just going to be my team from now on. Oh, so if you get th- Atlanta, you're screwed. <laughs> this, is a danger- this is a dangerous game to play. Uh, because, yeah, like you said, it could, it could be rough. I, I'm going to end up with, like, Memphis or someone just really crappy. But uh, Memphis is, like, hilariously bad. <laughs> yeah, so they could oh. be... Yeah, go ahead. Speaking of Memphis, I just have to tell the people out there the fact that there was a fake tweet going around yesterday that the Memphis Express had signed Jamarcus Russell, and I, for a moment, was the happiest guy on the face of this planet. I thought we were going to get to see the return of Jabba the Hutt, and <laughs> sadly, we, we got fooled, Bobby. <laughs> we were bamboozled. It was, it was the worst. Let astray, run amok. We I was, ate the trash. We ate we, the trash big time. <laughs> We feasted on that trash, but you know, you know what? They should they should go ahead and sign him. Why not? They, after seeing how disappointed people were, and or disappointed after they found out it was fake, and how excited they were when they thought thought Job of the Hut was going to be back in some league, like they definitely should. It, would he play quarterback though? I, I kind of think you would throw out. I, ha- I kind of think you'd have to put him out at like tackle or something. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. A, the, I ch- my favorite. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no! I was just gonna say he chonk. He very big. Oh, he chonk. I I'll never forget my favorite Jamarcus Russell story of them sending like blank blank tapes <laughs> with him <laughs> home for film and asking him the next day what he watched. He was like, "Oh, blitz packages <laughs> and like stuff <laughs> like that." Like I just like that makes me cry that <laughs> he was that lazy. It's I I don't get it. If you're getting paid that much money. To, to play football just just watch the tapes just chill you don't even have to play, pay that much attention just know just know they're blank just put them in okay here okay i got it i got it going here's the big here, here we go i got the, i got them all in the big reveal the big reveal head and randomize let's see who i'm a fan of now oh oh no I, oh god no <laughs> I, I i i guess i'm an atlanta legend fan now oh no <laughs> You can't mix this up. Oh no. Oh god. Oh no. Oh god. At least I have Mike. Oh, and Michael Vick is an offensive coordinator, though, at least. No, That's kind of fun. He left. He left? Yes. What, I, think what he did he... I, I think he literally left before the game. I'm, I'm oh, not sure. I'm oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, that's not. Oh. So uh, he left before the game, but he's now taking a non-coaching role in the AAF. What? Oh God! <laughs> I'm I'm not happy with that. Oh, I told God. you, dude. Because at least Memphis is—they're just laughably bad. Like they're just—they're not like they're just like they're so disastrous that it's like funny to be a fan of them. But Atlanta's just gonna be like. <laughs> 
just gonna uh, be the little whipping boy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. just no fun. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, I need to I need to see who I'm rooting for now. I need to see some of the players. Let's see who we got. Oh, hold on. Alright. Oh my quarterback's Aaron Murray. That's cool. That's Yay, that's great. Uh <laughs> Denard Hey Denard Robinson, that's that's not bad. Okay, I can get behind these guys. I, I, okay. Uh, Most are you of... trying to convince yourself of that? Dude, Most they of... look like I don't even know what what is up with this logo. <laughs> One of their receivers' names is Bug Howard. Then you got Monte Crockett, Centavius oh. Jones. Most of the players don't have Wikipedia pages. Oh no, Bobby! Uh, I, I hey, I I took I <laughs> I, I took hey, a Matt shot. Matt Sims. Matt Sims is one of their backups. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Peter Pujols. That's okay. Oh gosh, yep. Yeah, this oh, is uh. This is not going to be fun. This they have is... Young Ho. Uh, they have uh, Young Ho Ku, which was the really horrible uh, kicker <laughs> for for the for Chargers, the Chargers back, back in uh, the day. Uh, here, okay, here's my here's my favorite player on this team. It's a defensive tackle named Tracy Sprinkle. <laughs> Tracy Sprinkle sounds like the name of like a like a like a Barbie knockoff that they would try to like break out. I don't. <sighs> Something you would find at like a Walgreens or something, <laughs> like a dollar store Barbie. Oh, Bobby, no! Uh, I, I I took I took my chance. I took my chance and it didn't work. Ugh. You had the easy out. You could have you could have done anything. I thought you were gonna go Orlando. Obviously, I think you were timid to go Orlando just because of their blowout versus your now team, the Atlanta Legends. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Go, I wasn't gonna go Orlando just because he said in the group text the other day. He's like, "Oh, I bet Bobby's an Orlando fan because he's, he's like, he's, I don't know. You're, you're talking trash. Your weird on him. Florida connection because of your weird Tampa Bay <laughs> infatuation. <laughs> I was like, you're just gonna go to the next best thing." Oh man! Oh, I might I might have to bandwagon back to Orlando. I don't know. Uh, this this is gonna be fate, rough for you. Fate decided, man. It, that's that's this is what I get for for being an OU fan for football. Like I, I just get stuck with the Orla- the Atlanta Legends and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like I, I just get stuck with bad football and in, in the pros because I, I don't know the that 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 that's the penance I get for having a Big Twelve championship football team that I will get to watch. I'm fine because I have to hear y'all's crap the entire fall. So at least maybe during the spring, I can I can have myself a little chuckle. Ugh. I backtrack to the randomizer and it says Birmingham now. So maybe maybe that counts. I don't know. It's just whichever uh, one I. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think we we have to abide by the rules and the rules said Atlanta. So. We, yeah, you're right. I'm. Dang it. Okay. Yeah, I got to do it. I'm in. I'm now an Atlanta Legend super fan from since day six or whatever. Now, ugh, God, that's you know sometimes sometimes you're you're just stuck. Okay, I, I you just lose the lottery like being also a Browns fan. Like, eh, oh well. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any more uh, thoughts to say about the AAF? Uh, I guess this. I guess this is just a general recommendation for teams, and I think this is more going out to Vince McMahon, just because I think he would make these splashy moves, but somebody, if you were smart in these leagues, and you saw the quarterback play that was just so horrible these first weeks, there are two quarterbacks that would boost the popularity of this league, and have at least at least one of your days people are watching. If you're the AAF or the XFL, you go out and you sign either Johnny Menzel or Tim Tebow. You have to. Like, those are two options. Those are – I was thinking – I was sitting down thinking. I was like, who are two – who are a few options out there that would just increase the viewership automatically of these leagues? Hands down. If you got one of those two guys, people are watching those games every single week. And, the, and, and like – and I honestly think if – I know Johnny uh, – Johnny's committed to the CFL route right now. But if Johnny really wants to get back in the NFL, I think this is the perfect – the perfect opportunity for him to do it because it gets back into the uh, the rule set and the skill set that he's comfortable with. And I think he'll be in an audience that, like, Americans want to see. It's like we can't really – the CFL games are not really accessible for us. So, like, I think this would be an awesome opportunity for him to, like, get back into American football. And it would be, I think, a win-win for both him uh, for kind of his, like, re- rehabilitation of his image with – if one of these teams were able to sign him, like, 
their their jersey sales are going to go through the roof like every like from a marketing perspective they're gold i just think those either him or tebow if you give it's tebow to go away from baseball two very very good hires that you could have to make these leagues even more popular oh yeah for sure i mean especially if you put manzel on you know the san antonio team or tebow on the orlando team it'd be crazy people would be all about it yeah and i just i i i'm all in on that i kind of think that i i think they should lean into it more even the college connection because i i don't i don't know look i i don't care that the texas a&m commerce quarterback is probably better than trevor knight i want to see trevor knight out there yeah. i don't want to i, I want to see guys i know even if they're terrible they need to they need to if they're gonna go the route with these d2 d3 guys they need a better marketing team of uh, putting these players out there and like kind of basically like doing during the games like film segments of how like these guys have been like the underdogs throughout their entire life like at least give them some backstory that like people are like rooting for them to do well so that can, they could maybe get like an NFL job. Like yeah, you can't like you can't throw in a whole bunch of D two D three guys and expect for us to care. It's like you if you're gonna throw in the D two D three guys, they need to be the guys that have a chip on their shoulder that we know some form of backstory that we're like, oh my goodness, like I really want to see this guy do well. Like he's obviously like doing really well in the AAF. Like I hope like some teams like kind of like a hard knocks thing where you like start rooting for like Devin Kajust, like to like make the roster, even though it's like every single time the ball's thrown to him, it just like hits him in the face mask. It's like you want those. They need to like implement those types the storylines within the league for us to start caring about the players that nobody cares about exactly and yeah, probably no, the I'm... better characters or, or the better sorry better players in the league yeah because you can give them more access and they'd be more open to it because they don't exactly have glamorous lives or anything if you're in the aaf or xfl yeah yeah they, they don't have the egos they're all about it anything they you know kind of get their way move up I, i'm about that because I, I hard knocks every year is just that i i love it yeah and and also another suggestion that I just this is probably this won't happen until probably later down the line. But I really think these leagues should start considering maybe going after like the Trevor Lawrence types coming out of high school because like right now we're seeing like with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson is that teams would draft him number one overall this year if he was draft eligible, but we have to wait two more years before that's even possible. So I'd love for one of these leagues to maybe maybe someday just try to convince some random or not random, but like these top prospects that you know that people want specifically quarterbacks and convince them to come play in one of these leagues for one year and like i looked it up and the league rules don't apply when it comes to like i guess like a semi-professional professional league like this so then they could get drafted the year after and probably like even though they might lose that development element from college it's like they can get more money quicker and they can probably prolong their career in the nfl longer yeah no i agree and especially if they if they can start leaning towards like a developmental aspect i think that's a Mm -hmm. that's definitely a preferable route to maybe you know risking yourself in college for free but i don't know it'll be interesting i'm I'm really interested to see how these two both of us clearly are interested to see how these two grow how it changes you know if people stick on so it's gonna be something uh, we'll keep our eye on and i'm pretty excited to see how it works out I know. I I am too. I love – it's just – it's good. It's like if you realize what exactly these leagues are, which are basically like minor league football leagues, like it's fine. It's like it's fun to watch. It's like it was kind of hilarious to watch how bad some of these games were. But I'm hoping as like they get some more reps in and stuff like that, we'll start seeing some like closer back and forth games. And hopefully the play will increase and we'll kind of start to – rooting for players that we might necessarily not have known of before and then get to see guys like Trevor Knight and like Trent Richardson and some of the other bigger names in the league like also do well yeah for sure well I'm excited to see how it goes going forward the long march towards football coming back is just now beginning so yeah let's uh let's let's soak this up while we have it before you know the dog days of summer I know I know this is kind of I, I'm glad. I'm glad these are around. It gives it gives a nice break uh, with just like basketball going on right now. That I can now flip to a football game if I want. So this yeah. will be good for for me. Whenever I hear the words pitchers and catchers report, like it, it, it it's grown worthy because that just means that we're closer to ba- that just means we're closer to nothing but baseball, and that's just not that fun. I, it, I like it. Really, 
it really is bad. Like, I, this past summer, I watched Big Three basketball to, like, pass the time, just because, like, betting on, betting and watching baseball is the worst. It's the absolute worst. Mm. Yeah, no, not a fan. Not a fan at all. Well, for me and Blake, that is our special AAF uh, XFL edition of the Sco- of the uh, Off the Wagon podcast. Thanks for listening with us. Uh, we'll have all sorts of random off-topic conversations all the way through uh, all the way through August. It'll be a good time. So, if you like our stuff, hit us with that five star. Uh, give us that good review. Um, we got another five star review the other day, and I'm I very th- we're very thankful for it. Got to give our shout out to our guy uh, Swifty Dangles. Who <laughs> gave us a gave us a five star to, right next Swifty Dangles and D Bird thirty six? You know we got we got a dynamic following here. I'm a big fan. So you guys guys hop on, give us a five star review if you like it. Uh, tell us what we can do better, what you'd like to hear, and uh, we'll get around to it. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thank uh, y'all. Have a nice night. Yeah, have a good one. <laughs>